me to Uber. Food Junkie Radio, episode 33. We're in Polo's new house. <laughs> I wish it was the my new house, house yeah. Um, but you were saying we were talking about <laughs> the hiring situation <laughs> and trying to figure out what is real and what isn't. Uh, for instance, we are in Sacramento. It is 2021, I believe. And uh, we are in a time where things are busy for restaurants. Um but the problems are, like we spoke into last episode, uh, trade, or not trade, but supply chain is uh, a little wonky. And then there's also an every go around where you cannot hire people or there's a hard time hiring people. And we were just having a discussion off camera about a local place that uh, was interviewed about their lack of hiring people. So what we're trying to figure out is if this is really happening or... Is this just some weird narrative thing? And uh, Polo brought up a very interesting point uh, from his college days. What was that? Uh, that my a teacher of ours who was like marketing, like kind of the extracurriculars of running a restaurant, I guess the non-popular parts. Yes. Was saying, you know, the best time to raise prices is when everyone knows that there's some kind of shortage mm. or that there's some problem in the news. Like some bug is going around tearing out the tomato plants or mm. oh some government imposed a tax on this wine he's like that's when you should raise your prices because then when everyone comes in and asks oh why is it no, you just explain that and then okay ah so it's basically a third party has already right stated someone, that a third party takes the blame for you yes as as so you don't have to uh, just be like well i just wanted or wanted slash needed more money mm. See, that's what makes it interesting because it's like, oh, are we like the hiring thing we were talking about? There are people out there working. And then I brought to you the idea of was it any easier before, you know, the situation mm -hmm. or is it the same? And are you finding the same amount of talent available as you were back then? It, the perception is, at least the narrative is, there's no good work and there isn't enough people out there or nobody's willing to work. Yeah. There's a bunch of narratives on that. A lot yeah. of people I've been saying, Oh, people are just sitting at home collecting money. Some people are, Oh, well the businesses aren't paying enough for it to be, you know, to get the good workers. And there's always going to be a balance, at least on that part of it. I don't think that many people are just sitting at home doing nothing. I think still, to this day, what I thought at the beginning was I think a lot of people got out of the restaurant from, you know, taking a break from their major when mm -hmm. they got in or mm -hmm. like, oh, let me do this while I kind of figure stuff out and then kind of got trapped into it. I, I, this is episodes and episodes ago, but yes, um, I think a lot of people kind of like got re-energized and saw how fragile that whole network of restaurants was and was like, maybe I shouldn't just fall asleep into this or, or get trapped into this and mm -hmm. now is my wake-up call to like I need to go do that last semester or I need to get my resume back together and go file that sheet or maybe even on a larger scale I need to go back to my major and finish those last three years of college or get into that thing that I would that I moved to this different city for and then mm -hmm. stop doing you know I think for a lot of people, they they took the time to go back to what their original plans had been, mm -hmm. and and were forced to be uncomfortable. Uh, and so they started shooting. I don't know. I don't want to say higher, like other industries are better than the restaurant industry, but I think going back to their original game plans, they are better than the food industry. Well, I mean, <laughs> the hours are a little bit better, probably the hours and the time of day. I mean, it's to each his own. I think I'm trying to understand the way that it, I'm trying to picture what it was before. So it was, I guess the narrative would have been then based on what it is now. Oh, it was workers abundant and employers could just hire anybody at will because there were so many people they were turning down people. I'm going to assume that was the case beforehand. But as I think about it, like to your point, when you were mentioning about people that were in the process of you know schooling or in the process of doing something else. And then I would speak to this more in the front of the house sense. Mm -hmm. At least that's For sure. my experience. But front of the house is more in that realm where it's kind of I pick this job up as a part-time or a full-time while I'm getting school, so on and so forth. Maybe this is just the natural cycle 
but we're just seeing it because, I mean, it's slow news, I guess. We don't really have anything going on, but mm-hmm. I mean, when's the last time the industry in terms of food was ever in the headline news? Or not headline, but I mean, not, it's not to this degree, not to this yeah. degree, not yeah. that you could recall anyways, you know? Yeah. No, I'm trying to think in 2008 Whereas was like the last every crisis. Day. Well, every that's what I'm day saying. people are, are obsessing about what's mm-hmm. happening. It's always, there's always a clip on the news, you mm-hmm. know, whatever it is, if it's, you know, trying to people outfit their restaurants or hard time hiring or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And it's not the clips like, Oh, this is the new restaurant in town. Oh, this is the no. fall falls here. Here's 10 new recipes. Mm-hmm. It's like, actual news like doom the, and gloom the, yeah doom and gloom about restaurants which they should be super positive experience to go to and well i'm thinking about all the restaurants that open of. there's a bunch of them yeah a open. bunch of a bunch of people i don't i really don't know why or how these people have opened i think it's cool i think it is i too. think it's a you know speaks to their like determined determinacity i don't know determinacity nice. yeah. determined and tenacity together uh, <laughs> determinacity <laughs> you know what i'm saying I mean, uh, it's it yeah. crazy, but it isn't. I mean, let's think about it this way. To get in the restaurant business at any point, it uh-huh. seems crazy because it's not like, oh, let's just say, for instance, right now there's an economic downturn, I guess. Probably not. To get into the business is strange, but not really because even if it was great and you get in while it's great, I mean, it's essentially the same idea because you are getting into a business that's full of variables and I think it, I think a lot of it now that I think about it, I think it is just more narrative. I don't know why, but I think it's all, you know, together with what you were talking about with raising prices. I don't know if this is, you know, trying to think everything is kind of in concert, but you look at prices, some of these things, you're like, maybe this never goes down again, you know? Probably not. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. what would be the Well, why point? would the prices go down? Yeah, when especially you, if people, people are still buying it. People get used to paying now. That's what I'm thinking. That's just bad business sense to lower your price yeah. for some reason. And Especially the, when mm-hmm. the general public is calling for you to make the workplace more positive in the ways that they are right now. How do I make less money and provide more for my staff? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm not a financial genius or no. anything, but as far plus as minus. plus minus, which is my go-to... You want me to add, add, add over here and subtract over here, and like, that just leaves a vacuum. <laughs> yeah. What, so what am I doing? See, and I'm also curious to know about this because everything I'm seeing, it's usually it's mom and pop smaller restaurants. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if McDonald's and all these places are going through something similar. There are have been rumors or things being said where it's like, oh, McDonald's is offering you know signing bonuses too and all this, but those restaurants or those businesses aren't ever really covered like that it's more of these mom and pop shops and to my understanding it would make sense because more of these bigger restaurants to some degree you know would have a a windfall in terms of you know money at other Mm -hmm. businesses i mean i'm assuming some and i don't know for sure they have more options available yes exactly more more locations gives you more options Mm -hmm. of you know maybe in one market they see a downturn and one market kind of goes down a little bit for them maybe mm-hmm. the american market is is down for them but then maybe the european market is slightly up yeah for, or a you know a different part of the world is slightly up and overall ends up as slightly positive that's a w for them yeah you know whereas like for me or other you know even up to four or five location places we have about the same options you know, you can only, there's only so much flexibility. I'm not in overseas. I'm not in multiple, you know, I'm not trading on the stock exchange. I literally have the money that comes in every day and then the money I spend every day. Yeah. There's not mm-hmm. any interest accruing on some investment I have somewhere else. Oh, see, so that's what I'm trying to think now that we're already in about, you know, year two of this, you know, uh, as we've gone through this situation, it's like, so there was a year where nobody was making money. Mm-hmm. There was a year where, you know, workers were either, you know, let go or left the business in total. And then now it's on the rise. Um, business is booming, but not enough staff. So the way it seems, it's as if hypothetically restaurants, you know, lightweight, just downsized by force and then open or are open, but they're, I don't know, maybe businesses are hesitant to hire anybody. 
Yeah, because especially <laughs> in in whatever date today is. Yeah. The recall election is going on right now. Yeah. So it's like it's heightened. You know, I'm. It's like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. You're just like, I think it's still like contingency planning, which is what I've been doing. Is like, all right, well, if this happens, this is what we're gonna do. Mm-hmm. And if that happens, that's what we're gonna do. Yeah. And trying to put myself in the best position to go either way mm-hmm. without committing too much to one. When it comes to wages right now, because there's the talking point of wages are at its highest ever in terms of mm. um, what's available, at least. Yeah, for I assume what people are offering. I'm like, that's crazy. I don't even know how you afford that. But, but see, I'm thinking is because with the hike of all the pricing of the you know items and food, I mean, inevitably that should be going up based mm. on just mm. what the prices are just to bring them in. Right. And then... Even with that being said, we've seen now at least a couple, if not more, more than a couple months of sustained pricing for certain items. And there is a price increase across the board for food items. So maybe that in turn, you know, suffices for, you know, paying a lot. Because you got to think about it. If restaurants were closed, but they were still open doing to-go business, that means you as a business owner, however that, you know, framework is it, you're making a lot of money with less labor Right? Am I thinking that in plus minus world? Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking that when you were saying it is, um, you know, some of the purveyors are like, yeah, things are going to be more expensive because they got less people working for them. Mm -hmm. And I get the overtime thing. Like, yeah, overtime is expensive, but is it that much more expensive than losing a person? I don't know. I Honestly, I don't know. I don't know the answer. It would seem like it would kind of equal out maybe. It would even be better, I think, for the, the restaurant. human body can only really function for so many hours and be productive True. that you would want to pay some guy cleaning fish for that many hours you know, or point. whatever. Yeah. So, you know, I can only imagine that the overtime that they're talking about is an extra 15, 20% max on the hours. Hmm. I mean, that so almost seems like normal restaurant I would, I would hours say, like 10 years ago. Yeah, I would think if you lost a person or two and mm-hmm. then everyone else went up, 20% on their overtime that it would just you know. about equal out. I mean, I'd, I'm probably wrong. But. but also tack that on with it's just concentrated, at least before it's concentrated on to-go's, where now it's open, but... The to-go materials are expensive, too, and getting mm-hmm. hard to get a hold of, apparently. But the Well, I just like... I've been ordering stuff through Amazon because that's the only place oh, yeah. I can get stuff from right yeah. now. And that's obviously a price increase. Well, yeah, because I'm I'm paying tax on it, mm-hmm. and then you know no someone comes and picks wholesale. it up, and yeah. yeah. See, so now all I'm trying to really figure out is I'm trying to layer as if take away the last two years, and let's just put in as if this is normal, and I'm trying to mm-hmm. equate it to something that could be familiar. That's what I'm like thinking. In I my think head. we'd be right at the same spot. That's what as I'm thinking too, right? Yeah, it's I, just I think the that's what you were getting at. Yeah, the narrative yeah. is just the thing that's the, messing with people's minds the because inflation is mm-hmm. would seem like it's pretty much right on track. Yeah, with exactly. what inflation is so is a little bit every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just tied in with the so. the the news stuff and the. I think there's just a lot more getting outside factors that like. Even more so this year, the doom and gloom seems so much more real because of the previous year. And it's like, wow, it really could just end at any second. Could. I mean, but it's strange how that is is now part of your variable. If you're in a restaurant, you just add on, you tack on another. This could happen because it's happened before. Oh, yeah, Yeah. you could get shut down and you can have to be... Forced to never have. When people are trying to rebuild those little piggy banks, if they had them, mm-hmm. or or now they survived without one somehow, they're trying to like, I need to have a little piggy bank just in case mm-hmm. something like you know. It's just. But you're also trying to do that in the midst of running uh, of all the other business. things that you're trying to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's it it's like when you go driving in a car, you don't worry that much about mm-hmm. getting struck by lightning, no. right? Until the day that you do get struck by lightning, and then every time you get in the car, you're just—it's cloudy outside. I don't go driving. Yes, you know what I mean. It just seems so much more real, or it's—it's it's so much closer now. Yeah, and that's what is strange because we've been able to sustain a year of you know being shut down, and then now a year of trying to open up it. And I mentioned this off the pod, but it's more like a 
for lack of a better word, it seems like sympathy bucks. Like mm-hmm. it, if you're a smart business, I would assume, and you want to tug at the heartstrings and tears of people, you, you know, God, hey, it's hard to hire people. I need, you know, we're going to be forced to, you know, close this many days or we can only yeah. serve this many people. And you start to hear the stories and it's dramatized and it's just like, oh, you know, sympathy dollars. And then people are down, they're like, you know what? I'd rather pay an extra $2 mm-hmm. every time I come in so that you can be open. So I know that you're open. Okay, see, so now you saying that. I'm sure that's what people are thinking. True. In theory, that is ideally what the human condition should be. Mm-hmm. Realistically, it feels the real human response is, eh, how much is that? Nah, you know, I just, I just go fucking fast food. Why? <laughs> and that's maybe, the reality maybe. of it. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, because. That's not what I've seen for me. True. Yeah. But you also live in a small bubble. Because yeah, to yeah. me, the way it feels with your situation, it's like it's the same thing, mm-hmm. just with masks and screens and shit. That's it. Because you essentially maintain the same uh, clientele. Yeah. See, so that's what... I've added clientele. See, that, and that's yeah. what's interesting because... Pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. It, it's like when COVID came, it was like a deep, and then we came right back up to where we were, yep. kind of. And now I've seen it just like maybe, I don't know, a little bit of drop, but now progressing at the same rate mm-hmm. again. Yeah. It's like a little hiccup. Something happened where everybody thought, okay, everybody's closed. And then they're like, hey, are we good? Yeah. Okay, cool. And then everybody just kind of comes yeah. back. And then it slowly adds on. So I'm thinking what your situation is, there, it's probably happening with at least a handful of restaurants. That's why I'm, mm. I'm fascinated to know how this narrative gets out so quick. Because it is a narrative that everybody is uh, repeating, including myself, you know, when in conversation and everything, because it's gotten through my, you know, social atmosphere and it seems like it's part of the The air. hard to hire thing is what you're talking about. Hard to hire, yeah. uh, you know. It's tough out there. Tough all out the, there. Okay, that, okay. Uh, supply and demand. The supply chain is, you know, wonky. All that. I mean, these are words that have been, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing them. Um, you know, I haven't been on the news per se, but I've been hearing it second, third hand that, okay, this is what's happening. Newspapers I've seen, you know, like opening a restaurant during the, you know, Mm -hmm. the crisis. Mm -hmm. It's like, huh. And to our, to your point or what we were talking about, it was the last time you never seen the food industry like this, um, you know, in terms of a, a crisis that we're all trying to get over but as we're slowly trying to dissect it i'm like well to be honest this seems a little more par for the course i mean mm-hmm. servers will leave uh busters always come and go the turnover rate in restaurants is insane the kitchen now that seems like it's a different talking point but then again i'm also thinking in my head this conversation about finding um good labor has always been the conversation yeah, finding skilled labor yeah. at a price you can afford. That's for everybody. Yeah, everybody. it doesn't matter if you're getting paid five or yeah. if it's 30. It's still the same problem. And and mm-hmm. I don't even think it's a problem. Like I said, I think it just a lot of it comes down to... It's the same challenge. Yes. Yeah. Each kitchen's going to you know have your own methods of, of training your people. Mm-hmm. So I figured that is probably the bigger importance of, oh, they're not good. Well, yes, there's that. But then there's also, you can't have a program in place because, like I said, this isn't the type of job where it is only for like graduates. It's like, no, you're basically getting anything walking off the street at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to your point, the teenage things and all that, it's like, yo, Oh, you know, if there's a narrative, man, they don't work hard. They don't do anything. Cool. But also these are teenagers. I don't remember the last time, you know, you worked in a kitchen where there was maybe a lot of teenagers. I don't know if that's the case, but nonetheless, I've always worked in kitchens where there's at least like an 18, 19 year old in there and yeah, they seem to be fine. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> So think, why is that uh, even the narrative too? Well, it's I like, think teenagers get kind of a bad rap, and like I remember when I was a teenager, I was a bad worker. Yes, and I but I thought I was great, of course, but I had no experience, so mm-hmm. you have nothing to judge yourself against, yeah. and you just think you're the greatest thing on earth because mm-hmm. you're a teenager, mm-hmm. and then you work for a few years, and you're like, oh, I really was a fucking little shithead. Yeah, and I thought I was great. But, I mean, that, that's like the human condition. Yes. That's like trying to say, oh, kids, all they do is play all day. Mm-hmm. And getting upset about it. It's like a rite of passage. Yeah, it's like, you know, we all did that. Yes, you have to get shitted on. Yeah. So maybe I'm curious to know this. Maybe this, this narrative leaks out only because the current cooks and people who have been cooking are at an impasse where they're trying to leverage for more money. So their mm-hmm. concern isn't really the kitchen in, in, the, in that respect, mm-hmm. where... Y- you would want to take the lead and want to bring along younger cooks and younger staff. Uh, maybe there's that kind of 
conflict there where you know they kind of left to fend for your own because I could see where there's resentment maybe and this is hypothetically speaking if I'm a cook and I'm fucking been with this company for 10 years right and they're like hey you know we're gonna offer you know uh, health and 401k and we're gonna right starting you know 20 something uh, and I'm over here like Man, I've been working for like ten years, like this. Yeah. It's like, well, then, then you. you hopefully, know you I do? have that. But you go hit that company up for some extra sympathy bucks. Like, hey, man, I've been here. Yes, and that's why I'm curious. And I'm just trying to put myself in that position yeah. where I would be looking at a you know 18 year old being hired on as a pantry dude and like getting huh? all these benefits. Well, I mean, I sure as hell would be getting those benefits and being paid a little bit more than them. Cause I don't mind doing more, mm-hmm. but like I need to be paid yes. appropriately. Well, now that these you know uh, numbers are out there in the public. Because yeah. before it was always like, you know, hearing it through the grapevine, trying to really do your due diligence. Now it's almost like, here it is. And I think this conversation started years ago with mm-hmm. the whole, you know, $15 minimum wage. I think what right. we talked about even podcasts ago. So as this continues to drag forward, it's almost like it's going to get there. But it's not in the way that we thought where it's going to be mandated or it's going to be forced upon. It's more of a, well, you need people. And this is the numbers are leaked out. Yeah. This is what you guys have to do now. Well, in the restaurant, people or staff is different now than it was like 30 years ago, right? 30 years, 40 years ago, it was just like people who could not get hired anywhere else. Mm, true. Could not. Yeah. Now it's people like me who went to school, who went to like private school and have a decent enough education to be like, well, that's not right. Mm-hmm. That, that I'm, You're not going to treat me that way. Ah. You know, that's more the majority now, yes. people who who chose to be in it rather than fall fall then, into it, yeah, or se- semi fall. Yes. I, I, I would say I fell into it, but I did choose to go to culinary school. Yes, and I chose to stay with it yeah. because I liked it, not yeah. because it was my only option. Mm. That is strange. I'd like to talk to more people on their how they fell into it. Same here, because I was mm-hmm. I went to school, and then inevitably you go to school, you transition into doing something in that field. But for everybody else, it's one of those, you do hear a lot of those interesting stories where it's like, oh, I just start off a dishwasher part-time and then, you know, fell in love with it. I liked it. So I just kept doing. Mm. It's not like I don't have the option to go to go to school and do more. Yeah. Maybe it is just a narrative thing. Maybe it's just doom and gloom fucking news being news. Could be. You know what I mean? And, you know, like you said, it's it right on with inflation. This is, it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, do you think Caesar salads were $20 with a protein? No. They, yeah. There was a time when it was a $3 plus a, you know, $2 yeah. protein supplement. Yep. Yeah. It was, a, it was a time when chicken used to just be plus two. Yeah. I remember now working a long time. Like yep. Plus six, plus eight. White. Oh, breast grilled. Oh, six ounces, seven yeah. ounces. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now it's crazy. You yeah. have that option almost on everything now. Yeah. We're, yeah. Supplements and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Add supplements. Yeah. Supplements have all gone up. But um, I would say for the most part, people are doing a little bit more to them than just salt and pepper ah, grill. There's usually like a little marinade or a little something. A little more effort. Something that's, it's not that much, but at least it's not just, yeah. There's a little effort being made. Yeah. To justify the cost increase. Is food different now or is it the same? I think the problems are the same. I think the the, the solutions you can choose to pick from are, are different. Mm. You know, like uh, what we've done with tipping and stuff and, and tipping the whole house now. And yeah. um, I know for a fact that the cooks I have could go work somewhere else and uh, probably get more per hour, but probably make less because they're getting tips here. Or, uh, there's probably other places they could go work and just flat out make more money, but I do keep a really positive working environment. So mm. I would you know, selfishly like to believe that they appreciate that because it takes a lot of effort for me. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the problems are the same, but now I, I have different solutions that aren't just black and white anymore. Mm. I can try, I can be a little bit more creative and market myself more to workers who want to work for me. Mm. Had maybe a slight pay cut because the what are they called the X factors or the extracurriculars are a little bit better than maybe they can find other places. But I think that's an interesting point you make because it's almost that idea uh, going scaling back to your point of the people that are entering the industry aren't necessarily being kind of like oh I have no other option. It's more mm-hmm. of a I'm actually choosing to be in this. Yeah, I therefore, want to be here. Yes, therefore, kind of slowly changing kind of you know what what is valued 
Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. you said, selfishly, you're thinking, yo, if I create a positive environment, it'll just at least, you know, you'll be able to sleep at peace. And then that'll be a good selling point, whether you actually openly express like that it. or not. That's what I'm thinking, right? Because everybody talks about a positive environment now. As before, that wasn't necessarily part of the lexicon of being in a kitchen necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know, the the narrative, at least, you know, back in the days was uh, somebody yelling at you. You know, mm-hmm. hard-ass, you know, sous chefs, you know, born ready, you know, like these badass chefs that just have this, I could work for 24 hours straight type, you know, <laughs> thing. And it's that's amazing. And it's it's, amazing. I think that's still out there and I think that's commendable. But then also you have that on the adverse of people that are, you know, also taking it to their own heights where, you know, people in lab coats and from a, you know, gastronomic point and, you know, presentation and trying to create experience and basically a 360 turn from what it was no longer than 10 years ago. And I think that's needs to be here too. Yeah. Cause I think now if your point is thinking as we continue to see this change, the new wave of workers are actually coming here, seeking this, not just kind of going along with what's happening. And maybe as we continue to move on, there will be more stark, you know, contrast in different restaurants that, you know, pop up and even concepts. I mean, you're seeing it already as this whole thing's been happening, you know, all the personal, you know, straight to home stuff. Um, ghost kitchens is a mm-hmm. thing. Um, and then now refolding back in is actual restaurants. So, I mean, now how different and what happens? I mean, this is still an ongoing thing. I mean, we'll continue to talk about it, but it is interesting as, you know, the news still has this kind of talking point. You know, like uh, like this past weekend, I think the Tower Bridge dinner. Um, I know that Yesterday, that was happening. Yeah, I don't know the details of it. I've heard that it was only pickup. Oh, really? To go. That's what I heard. Mm, I don't know right. if they actually had the dinner. I think they actually had people out there. Did they? That's what the pictures look like. Okay, I wasn't sure. Really That's what's strange because I was like, you know, I didn't even know it was yesterday. Exactly. And then I saw some people posting that they were there. See, so no, it's fly. there's Whatever. different worlds of food. Yeah. We're never going to be on one single. Not to say that was always one thing. I just remember that being somewhat of a big deal maybe a couple years ago, only in the idea of its inaugural setting and, then, mm-hmm. you know, oh, this many chefs coming in. But, I mean, that's, you see, I don't know for sure. That's all I'm thinking. And as, like I said, this goes, we are going to be fractured and split and not in a bad way. I think everybody just kind of, you hone in on what you do, basically what you're doing now. And you just create your own ecosystem. Yeah. And well, then you, that's how all, restaurants really do what operate. you do and do really well. Yeah. And then you just hope that it's popular enough for everyone else to want to consume. Mm-hmm. That's all I do. Yeah, I'd be thinking about that sometimes because I'm like, you know, Sacramento gets that weird bad rap. We've talked about this before with Chris on the mm-hmm. pod. It was always this rap about Sacramento. But then again, you're like, well, who's feeding us that narrative? Yeah. And why is that in our mind? Because why do we worry about, you know, what other people... I don't know. I love it here. About. I'm not moving. I don't know about the weather. It's like 107 degrees. Uh, like it gets a little right? hot. Hopefully, it went, maybe one day in the future, I can afford my own AC instead oh of my gosh. borrowing it from my friends all the time. I mean, it's that's the only thing. Get, I like Sacramento, though. I but mean, it rains here sometimes, infrequently now. Oh, man. Not as often as it used to. But yeah, I just wanted to speak on that point because I was, you know, that, that news thing broke out about a local restaurant, and it was just interesting kind of how. And I didn't watch it. See, this is what I find it fascinating because I'm I'm hearing it mm-hmm. second, third hand, and through conversation, it's fascinating. I'm just like the assumptions yeah. and then the the thought process, and then just kind of how that wave of the feeling of what it is just kind of persists. I'm like, whoa, yeah. this is a thing because I think it's all mental, personally. I think mm-hmm. I mean, if you really put it together and you really look into it, you're like, yeah, this is the same. This is just as if it it's was the same last year. Yeah, we were. Uh, was it all week this week we were pretty slow and then saturday night we were just like busy and i don't know i was kind of chill. we we have a little new setup so it was a little bit easier to do that many people but um we were you know we always have fun guessing what we did for sales that night yeah. you know and i was like oh i don't think we did this much and someone's like no i felt kind of busy i think we did that much and and it was like right on trend with what we used to do pre-pandemic yeah and i was like crazy it did not take long for that to happen no and it's september which is uh, right on on time slow yeah but it's starting to get a little bit later in september when i think people are used to the school schedule starting Mm -hmm. used to whatever new season kind of starting get the adjustment period is coming to the end and 
I'm fascinated to see how the next few weeks go. I, know, I am too. Yeah. Transition of fall is always fascinating. Requests for caterings already. And mm-hmm. so it would seem like it's trending back exactly how it was, mm-hmm. which would be insane to me. For yes. To recover that fast. It would. It would and it wouldn't because what actually happened? That's always the question. Mm-hmm. It's like nothing really. It's just if you think about it, it's like in basically it's, hey, you're closed only to goes. Hey, you're open. Limited people. And then, hey, you're open. That's all what happened. So mm-hmm. that's why it's like speaking of the numbers, all it was is just force every restaurant to go to goes. And after that, it's like, okay, now you're open. Yeah. So now you just have been incorporated with this part. Now you're open. All the mind fuck shit, I would think these same talking points were all the same before. Yeah. Easily. Oh, I can't ever find good workers. Dude, we got slammed yesterday. Oh, dude, we got slammed yesterday. I got to go in early today. Yeah. It's like every day. Oh, the supply chain. Yeah. Dude, that farm I like is out of this because of whatever. Oh, everyone is changing their menus and now everyone's using that product that I was using. Same. And, And. same. There's always going to be supply chains that issues. Yeah. So that's, exactly. So that's why it's like, yeah. okay, we're basically. That's why I like in part of it, way. as I've learned as I've gone on, is when you're setting up a new menu item or, or changing a menu item, one of the things you have to investigate is can I get enough of this product to run it for as long as mm-hmm. I want? Yeah. Rather than I can run it as a special for one weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But see, now maybe we go into hyper seasonal mode or hyper availability mode where, oh, Menus are posted an hour before because we will only know when would, and then I what we have. I against it. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I got one catering trying to chase me down for a month and a half from now. They want the menu right now. And yeah. I'm like, you realize in a month and a half, the weather's going to be 100% different. And I don't know. I'm not Mother Nature. Yeah. I don't know if it's still going to yeah, be I don't be know summer, what the crops look like. Or I don't know if butternut squash is going to taste good. Like, uh, if you don't want it to taste good, fine. Yeah. I guess I could rent you a menu. But if you don't want it to taste good, that's fine. But I still want it to taste good. How do you deal with that when people get that I uh, stall request? people. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I try to explain to them. But they don't hear it like that. I, they don't hear it like that, no. Uh, so it's like late October they want to do. And usually I would say fine. But, uh, you know, you can look yeah. outside right now. And it could be sunny, this late October. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and you typically this used to be like September is yes. when it would be kind of the changing, mm-hmm. and you know just from my casual observance of, of the weather, I'm like it feels pretty hot still and shows no signs of slowing down. Mm-mm. So what I'm those just crops explain, look like? I just yeah. try to explain to them, you know, just like the same with with when a table comes in and it's busy. Mm-hmm. Ex- give it, give them the information so that when they want to complain them some more you're just repeating because then it's it starts to sink in of like i am doing my best mm-hmm. but by doing my best it comes with these challenges mm-hmm. that you're gonna have to be a little patient when you're the last table of 20 to sit down mm-hmm. yeah we appreciate you coming in yeah and we're gonna do as fast as we can but here's the whole story mm-hmm. in front of you just like I'm trying to tell these people is like yeah I would love to get you a menu right now mm-hmm. and I told them i can probably get you something what i think is going to be available Mm -hmm. but you're gonna have to be flexible because things might not show up in time things might still be around that we are better than what's there you know i don't know Mm -hmm. i don't know the future yeah strange how somebody would want you know something that definitive this early especially in a changing season especially a month and a half i I could a, a month out i is usually when i'm really kind of get into like all right, I'm pretty sure this is going to be here. And if it's not this, it's probably going to be this. Mm -hmm. And if neither of those two work, chill out. We will figure it out. I Mm -hmm. promise. Yeah. And then usually about a week and a half out is when it's like, all this stuff is here. This one thing I've been told by the farmer is going to be here. If it's not, we are going to do this. Mm -hmm. You know, bunch of backup plans. Yeah, that's all it is. It's all what the restaurant is. It's just backup plan after backup plan. The more you do it, the more you become accustomed to the idea of having contingency. It just makes sense. That's part of the thing I do now is the educating of people. Of like, plants don't care what your event is. Yeah, they don't care. No, they don't care that it's October. They don't. They don't have a calendar. They just care the temperature outside, the conditions outside. That's it. I'm curious to know how that infiltrated people's mindsets as they request you know events because i'm trying to think of uh, were they like movies or catering like shows or something where this 
behavior was displayed or did someone tell people to be like yeah you be demanding you get what you want like i it's strange mm-hmm. especially when it comes to food because of the variables but like you said maybe it is a well i think a, people a are unaware if, yes I, I think if you don't know you don't know yeah that's true so you just don't even know that's an issue yeah. and you need someone to explain it to you and i, I have no problem doing that uh, and i think part of it is just like i uh, when you have friends over and you get nervous, like, oh, is this going to be ready on time? I don't know. Let me just get it ready super early. Mm-hmm. And then everyone comes over and you start upon, oh, I thought it was going to take me longer. Sorry, it's kind of cold. Yeah. Let me just auto. And it's like, you know, we're, I I like hanging out with you, dude. Yeah. I don't care if it's ready perfectly. Food only. Food has that. It's that anxiety. <laughs> it's like I know people fuck, get so stressed. Like, man, I'm sorry if it's the organism. It's like yeah, it's strange. I yeah. don't know. I mean, I only recognize that with food because I get like that from time to time. Obviously, just because I still so get like food. that. Yeah, yeah but that's a good thing over, to have. Yeah, especially when I'm like, oh, let's order pizza and I, let's try this new one, yeah. and then it turns out to not be good. I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm so sorry, guys. Like <laughs> I knew it was bad or something. Looking yeah. at everybody's reaction and yeah. face, and they're like, just like, whatever, dude. We all wanted to try it. And it's similar for like events and stuff there. I, I laugh when all these people who come in for like writing rehearsals and mm-hmm. in specific, there was like, we're going to be there by six. I'm like, <laughs> all right, cool. And I tell my staff, like have everything hot at six thirty. That's what time they're going to get here. Yeah. And the people are like, no, we're going to be there at six. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. I'll, I'll be ready at six. Yeah. Six comes and goes. Six thirty comes and goes. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Seven o'clock. Uh, very rarely are they even twenty minutes close on time. Now, oh my god, we're so sorry. It's cool, man. Yeah, you're here now. Yeah. Relax. Here's some wine. Yeah. Here's a beer. Here's some water. Here's a soda. You're here to enjoy the time with your friends, right? That's why you Good rented point. out the space. That's why you organized this wedding, this party, hospitality. This, you want to have fun with your friends, mm-hmm. and we are here to enable that. Yeah. I don't care that you're not here at six thirty. Mm-hmm. I, you're here at 6.35 or I, you're just like, you're not going to care if you get here at 6.05 and the food's ready at like 6.20, mm-hmm. that 15 minutes vanishes. Yeah. No one notices it. No. So it's just like, chill out. Yeah. You're going to have a good time. You know where I think that mindset probably comes from is like anything that has to do with a wedding. Oh, it's so strong. I, I would think because I mean, they always married, show it. No, I know, but, but I'm not, not so like stressful. that fact that you're in one. It's more of how it's portrayed. Yeah, on it, any like it TV has to show. be stressful. Yes. But why? You know what? Cooking shows fucked it up too because they always put that suspenseful music and this heated debates oh, and argument. Shows? Yeah, yeah, that along it has with to be perfect. Along it with those wedding, be. those wedding shows that would show like yeah. hecticness happening and like yeah, it has to be. I but think, your wedding's not a competition. But over the years, though, I think about this. Yeah. I mean, you go to a wedding trade show; those are like huge money. I know. You know what I'm I, saying? People are obsessed with the competition. Mm-hmm. whose is better than that and mm-hmm. it's like dude that's not what it's about well because one nobody's paying attention but that is the skeleton that a lot of people mm-hmm. follow which yeah. is strange because in turn that nets a lot of money for the industry which i think is great but in theory you're like this is strange how this is a this is customary for us mm-hmm. like how that's become well, it's a just thing. like on i see the reviews on yelp and google or whatever and people are always like oh well that place is better yeah. that place is because of x y and z and i'm like i don't even care because yeah. one i haven't even had enough time to go try that place so i don't even know for myself yes but two that's the goal of my restaurant is to like provide a unique experience where you're going to maybe try a couple of things that you haven't had before mm. would be cool try different parts of italy that maybe you're not accustomed to mm. or different methods of cooking that you're not used to in an environment that's super casual, yes. super comfortable, where you can come in, you know, dressed like how we are today, or you Homeless. could come in like casual business yes. and feel right at place. That's a good and point. Just like chill out. That's a good point. Because what's the purpose of the restaurant? To have a good time. Have a good time. Going back to the, yeah. it's going back to something familiar. Like hospitality is definitely, I think, like I said time and time again, uh, it's going to be premium. I think that's where all this is leading to is the difference between restaurants is going to be hospitality and it's going to be little things like that. I think is the approach, whether it's through how you service your team, it's all going to kind of play into the experience. And I think as the diner, you know, as I've always mentioned before, also it's them getting a little more 
uh, acclimated with the idea because this is a gen- different generation now. This isn't mm-hmm. the you know rolled Petrolli soul with you know crab yeah. and Berbalon. This is possibly the audience that is you know looking for the experience of going to Italy without going to Italy, mm-hmm. and they're going to be there whether it's as deep and they'll tell you or it's more of just people going out there and being a little more familiar with you know kind of a more broader concept yeah. i mean hopefully uh, or it just becomes still the same you know fettuccine alfredo all the yeah. you know the stuff we always talk about the cliche stuff you i think know. we're in a generation where the people going out to eat have maybe been to the country that's mm-hmm. like the inspiration for the restaurant once or their friends have mm-hmm. or they're planning to at some point in the future where it's very real possibility for them to actually get there and come back. And so they want it to be authentic, but also approachable, mm-hmm. you know, where it's relatable. I mean, relatable. you don't want it from Italy, but you yeah. want it from Italy via through your lens in the California yeah. landscape. Yeah. Do a lot of your patrons, at least that you know of, have they been to Italy or have aspirations of going or know people like kind of what you spoke right. about? Do you notice that with your clientele? Are you in tapped in with them that deep or the ones, the ones that, that you do know I've talked to or have said something to me? I would say probably 30, 25, probably somewhere around 25, 30% have been to Italy. Oh, nice. And I would say an additional 40% have Probably an additional twenty percent have concrete plans to go, and then even another percentage on percentage on top of that want to Putting at some in point. There. Oh. So I don't know what is that like. Probably seventy percent of the people are that aspirations or have been or have some kind of concrete, semi-concrete connection. See, I'm curious to know of other cuisines that are uh, kind of more in those uh, international uh, aspects have that same situation because Italy's that unique. Many. Because Italy is identified in America as yeah. a type of cuisine, but as you know, time has gone on, restaurants have trying to do their best to kind of break that mold a little bit, or not break it necessarily, keep that as it is, but add their own spin to what they can bring. Um, you know, Italian only being one of the interesting ones because you go down to Fisherman's Wharf anywhere, yeah. it's. Mm-hmm. All your it's, dishes yeah, wrapped in shrimp you know, scampi, yeah, 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 you know, lobster daviolo, whatever, all yeah. the classics, yeah, lobster right? Lobster daviolo is good, yeah. So, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, okay, there's that version, and then through the years, you've seen, you know, where pizza has kind of did that thing, and then you have, you know, um, every Italian outfitter. I mean, you could almost honestly say a lot of the restaurants in this particular area, um, pasta is almost on every. You know, yeah, menu and a lot of them are leaning towards you know having handmade pasta in house and that's kind of mm-hmm. like par for the course which like, is crazy that that's par yeah, yeah. you know what we're, I mean we're spoiled and we don't realize how yes. spoiled we are that that's par because the context is lost it. yeah no I think it's great like I said uh, I think we're in the abundance like it's, it's everywhere out there it's just yeah. more of people like you said voting with their dollar and then not necessarily demanding it it's just kind of in lockstep with how restaurants are evolving evolving together essentially mm-hmm. through the education or if it's just you know the exposure of it and being more localized in that way and just being aware of those things i think it's a big deal you know i what think I mean? it's just the natural evolution mm. of of us and and there and also food some some chef in new york a long time ago said you know i just look at new york as uh another region of italy at this point mm-hmm. and i was like and that whoever said it, I can't remember his name, but that sentence has always stuck with me. It's like, yeah, dude, why why can't California just be another Easily. cultural region of Italy? Yeah. Easily, it, it could is. be. Yeah, and that's how we go about it. Is yeah, we use those methods, but with our ingredients. Mm-hmm. And people are down clearly because pasta is on yeah. almost every menu. Makes sense. Extension of Italy. That's true. And then with other cultures, how many uh, different places have some kind of noodles and broth? Oh. Plenty. So many. Plenty. Or some play on it. Or yeah. How many different restaurants are using tamari now? Not even soy sauce, but tamari. Yeah, tamari. It's or, slowly uh, evolving. Using, uh, I don't know, what's another crazy fish ingredient? Sauce everything. Fish, fish sauce, sauce fish on everything. Fish sauce everywhere. Yeah. Or uh, using, now North Africa is really hitting. It's like, I think, prime oh, stride of like. Stuff, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many people know about harissa now? Harissa wings, harissa this. and 
I mean that is that like that. How many moles? Yes, you know? moles. But everybody's like, getting into the the next degree that, of that is cuisine. America, right? Mm-hmm. It's just the cultural influence from all these different places being absorbed and then like put in a machine and re spit out fused into its brand new own culture. Yeah, that then gets sent back, and I'm sure we'll get put back into that original machine and spit back again. And yeah. that part's cool. It's fascinating to say the least. Yeah, for sure. Like I. I remember seeing, I forgot what it was, some vice show, but they were talk. They were at a place in China eating Chinese-American food. Yeah, it was like, it's crazy. But, I mean, it is its own cool. cuisine. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah, because isn't orange chicken here only? Yeah, that, that's not all that stuff. Or General Zhao's. <laughs> General Zhao, all the generals, all the, basically whatever yeah. you see at Chinese restaurants here is not over hey, there. But that's them saying, hey, this product's good. It should is Like, good, good job. Yeah. Like, this, Shit you know how good. good it is? We want it. Shit is good. Yeah, Chinese food is fascinating like that because uh, to my understanding, that cuisine style was created specifically for the American populace. Chow, was it chop suey? Chop suey. That's an American thing. Come on, man. That's strange. That's cool. Strange. That's cool. But that's I'm what I'm thinking. Well, how come it just didn't just that come to here? Because that's what I'm always curious about. Going back to our you know funny rant about you know what America is known for, you mm-hmm. know, burgers and hamburgers, it's almost like with the influx of this many, you know, cultures and initially, however, whoever was the first, I don't know, whoever the food didn't like the food translated, I guess amongst each other, but then to put it out to everybody else, you had to make it a certain way. Uh, am I to understand that? Oh yeah. You have to kind of not necessarily dumb it down, but make it easier to understand. Are you saying who decides yeah. that? Or like, how did that even come to be? Because I'm thinking in my head, okay, let's think about this. Who do we know Actually, as... I have a good idea. Who do we know as early inhabitants of America? Well, the natives. Right? Well, before right, them. Okay. The people that are actually coming here, not the yeah, ones yeah, that are the, there. Yeah, the arrival. Well, the how fr- many times you eat Native American corn? You know <laughs> Dude, I, mean? I wit. I, side tangent. I just saw an article the other day that's saved, and it's some guys like doing Native American cooking somewhere in Arizona or New Mexico and stuff. Well, I mean, that's where they're still pretty population wise going, but he's somehow like bringing all these recipes back from the dead. I'm like, I can't wait to try and read that and see if there's anything mentioned because that's like, that'd be fascinating. True. How can you vet that? How do you know? But, um, I, you can't vet it, but you know, at very least, it's <laughs> it's going to be a couple cool ideas that I'll be like, oh, that's a fun. Yeah. I never would have thought of that. Conceptually, yeah. that makes okay. sense. All right, so if, uh, that's as far as for that tangent. Uh, I think uh, it's the same as I don't know if it would be your parents or maybe their parents. Like when they came to America, it was leave your culture behind and yes. like be American. Yeah, be naturalized because. That's how you get accepted by the mass, which we're always talking about being and be in the group. Yeah, that's but strange. Like, like how that how often do you hear the story of like the first generation speaks the foreign language only in like broken English. Yeah. The second generation speaks both fluently. Uh-huh. Maybe. So, sometimes their parents don't want to teach them yeah. their the language of their country, and then the third generation speaks English, and that's it. So you shed it, and then we become this but amalgamation of. But now we're so much more accepting. Now that third generation is circling back, like wait, 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 wait. give me, I want that. It's, yeah, it's okay now. It's a lot of this. Yeah. But the mindsets of those three different generations interacting is yeah. where we have all this craziness happen. And that's the only thing we could reference because that's only in our lifetime. Well, that's, that's where what, we're at. I can't we're speak right on now. anything before. That's what I find fascinating. I'm only really trying to get that data. And the data just seems like, okay, they're depicted this way. It's rudimentary. And then we get a little more advanced in terms of American food. But we try to ditch cultural stuff. But yet we embrace it because mm-hmm. people that are new introduce you know, some small version of their cooking. And then it's kind of in this gray sphere until it's picked up popular wise. And then it gains trend. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like right now, Af- you know, Middle Eastern food's amazing. You know, yeah, Af- Afghan, African food, Afghani food. I can only imagine um, with the recent stuff that I'm sure Afghani food in particular is going to be super popular in about a year or two. But I'm thinking it's, if anything, think about it this way, we're already defining the differences. 
15, 20 years ago, everybody like, oh man, that's like, you know, uh, curry. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> goat curry. Well, that's foreign. Uh, that's, it. that's all. Yeah. Foreign. That's foreign. Uh, yeah. It's goat curry. <laughs> yeah. So now it's uh, like, we're actually slowly, you know, well, separating we're that, like third, almost fourth generation. Now that's yes. like, no, 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 we're down. Yeah. Like share that with us. You don't have to just be blue collar yeah. person. We've somehow developed a culture and food where we're looking for like, no, I want the stuff that like you guys eat. Yeah. I want, I want, uh, my, bond me on some holla straight so, but that's what you, you i'm thinking I mean? i'm like, like why did we at what point did we not want to have those experiences back then or what part of that culture wasn't open to it you know yeah that's what but, i'm fascinated by yeah people are kind of shedding what they see as the unimportant traditions yes and, and keeping the parts that they like and that's always gonna be part of progress and it's gonna anger some people and some people are gonna be down with it but you know, each person has to find their own balance, but it's cool to see where we're at now that people can depict like, oh, that's Hala, that's from, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Israel. Hala is and, amazing. Oh, that's Labna, that's from yeah. Lebanon. It's yeah. not, those are, and oh, that's, uh, what's it, sumac that grows there. Mm -hmm. And it's like people not only know those three different things, but they know those three different countries mm -hmm. and they know maybe one or two things about each country that are different from the other yeah and that, that's crazy that is crazy as a baseline but knowledge that happened so fast it happened underneath our nose that's why it's like yeah. is someone steering the truck of food culture or are we steering it that's always my my fascination because mm -hmm. i want to say that it's organic but at the same time being in our own little sphere of food we're just thinking food only but in reality it's like imagine this right America, we were in uh, some version of war in the Middle East for the last 20 plus years. Okay, so yeah. are we to think that by happenstance, we just happen to have like now a base knowledge of Middle Eastern places? Or is it because given the you know news feed just kind of having, kind of yeah. separating the different it's countries the already just for us in that mold? And then having, you know, returning... Uh, possible returning soldiers, and then people who I mean, were, that's the same as it's it's happened for a long time. Exactly. In the US. Yeah. Oh, when I was in Belgium, yep, dude, mm -hmm. I had this thing. Mm -hmm. and, you know, twenty years later, some yes, Belgian immigrant moves in and makes that, and they're like, "I've been looking for this." That's what I'm thinking. Is it only in the eyes of war that we're being introduced to like new food? Because I mean, it I mean, makes it happen faster. <laughs> it does strange. make it. You know, whether that's good or bad, I, you know, I would say overall bad, but it is a slight silver lining. Maybe we're to, going to, to war just to bring this food over. Maybe yeah, that's what this is crazy. all That'd be crazy. That would be horrible. I hope that's not what's really happening. I hope but, not uh, too, but dang, to, for that to But to it is something it. that does happen. It's you a, know what I'm saying? It's a cool observance I hadn't thought of. Um, I mean, Korean food with the, you know, Korean yeah. food's very popular out here, obviously in certain areas, but it's become more mainstay. I mean, may, kimchi is something that possibly Everybody more knows. than 60% of people have in their pantries yeah just by happenstance i would say 100 percent of people know that about it yeah for sure it's as not as not a, 100 yeah. as you could ever actually get to yes yeah something like that but also mind you that there was a you know the korean american war where mm -hmm. we were in korean for a while so i'm like okay am i thinking crazy and then you know like japan food or japanese food you're like I mean, sushi, ramen, you got the yeah. whole gambit. You're no, like, that was... Japanese food is not just sushi anymore. Now no. people know ramen. Ramen. Oh, they're you know, getting tenkatsu. to those... Yeah, all this stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, man, they, there's always offshoots. And as this continues on, I mean, do we look at it as there's an influx of a lot more cultures, you know, going and becoming micro, 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 which I think it reflects more of cultures outside of America as opposed to this one-stop shop. I'll give you this many you know what i mean because yeah. like you go out i don't know if it's like this in italy per se but let's just say i'm in uh, vietnam vietnam is you know one item one stall mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah. that's kind yeah. of the world and that's then you it. go to restaurants that have some items but really you there for like maybe one or two that everybody items. talks about yeah yeah right um are we approaching that here oh that'd be cool i mean certain aspects yes that'd already you know and i think that's where it's kind of I'm curious to know those mid-tier restaurants that are like Cheesecake Factories or, um, you know, the, the Applebee's. Kind of those kind the of situations. Binders for a menu. They're just kind of the middle tier. They're more representative of possibly, and this is, you know, me thinking this, that's more of a benchmark of that's a majority of people that would like to mm -hmm. dine at these places. There's, there's a reason why these places are busy. BJ's, same idea. So to me, I break down the, you know, 
people out there, 70, 80% of people eat there. And it's not yeah. a problem. That's just how it is. They might eat different places, but that's one of those places where if people were choosing to eat out, on they would eat On any given out. day, if you yes. freeze time and count, yes. that's how many people. So the world there. we always talk about and always bring it back, this is a five less than 1%. I don't know how many people are actually in this sphere of talking about it, but it seems like there is a lot, at least when we talk about it, because we're only deciding what's in our inner circle. Those are the only names we're talking about. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So this is a small percentage, but in that, does that percentage continue to grow? And then do we see it infiltrate? Because I look at those restaurants and those restaurants to me, once you see it there, you're like, interesting that this made it here. And for instance, if you see a kimchi burger on there, you're like, whoa, see, that's how I read it. Or like, oh, kebabs with, you know, uh, kefir lime dressing like whoa like if yeah. you see it on those menus then that's hit some then populace yeah right because they're out there and those those menus change those restaurants do those weird overhauls where oh no we overhauled the whole entire establishment oh they definitely <laughs> they definitely have like uh, i remember at chipotle every once in a while there'd be some new test ingredient new test item mm-hmm. coming through or at like uh, for I forget what it was called something like Chipotle Con or whatever and yes. uh, we went to go work one in San Francisco and there was all these menu items they're like oh yeah we've been working sh- workshopping these for years there you and go I'm like well these are hella good what mm-hmm. are these gonna make it out and yeah. they're like ah well we can't figure it out how to make it consistent across so many restaurants because you know, uh, that's the that is the that thing. is the challenge chain, right yes. the supply chain. Yeah, they had some yeah. all that like they had like tostada and they had what's the the they had like they had like pupusas. I remember the breakfast menu. I remember yeah. eating that oh, at the just, thing. See, there I was that. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, at the Nate thing. Appleman yeah. with the pig ear one. He was trying to launch that and he didn't. That was yeah, able to fly. They had, they've had a bunch of things and mm-hmm. I, but yeah, I bet the supply chain issue, not necessarily of the raw ingredient, but of the skilled labor to do uh, it, probably see. wasn't there. See, I have a question as we're rounding down. What do you think about, you know, when, when chefs like co, co-brand with a uh, big business, like, uh, like Tyler Florence, for instance, was, I think he did a stint with maybe Applebee's for a second yeah. or something like that. Or I, like, I, you know, I kind of know what you're talking about. What yeah. is, how does that work? And what do we how see that as? How does that work? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. How? I think, uh, I think it's a brilliant marketing from the business. For the business or for, for the chef? I think for the business. Because it's typically something like an Applebee's or a TGIF yeah. or something like that where the diner like us is like, ah, I'm never going to go there because mm-hmm. for whatever reasons, but mostly because I just don't think I'm going to have a good meal. Yeah. And probably for me, they won't get me, but um, I definitely take note and I see people who I wouldn't expect to go eat there. Like, well, I'm going to go try it one time. True. Florence. And and I think they're hoping that's all they need is the one time to get you hooked onto the prices and to so, the So it's almost like using new bait. Yeah. But I mean, like I said, I, I bring up Tyler Florence because I'm a big Tyler Florence fan. Yeah, he's um, cool. And and I like the branding on his part because one of two ways. Either you can look at like, oh man, that's a money grab, that's a big show. And yes, well, what's probably wrong with that? <laughs> also, but also it's like finally some person from the industry that we're familiar with that is on that level to try to introduce whatever he was able to introduce through that business and avenue to the masses because nobody probably never heard of him but the people that may have either seen him on a show or even the people that are in the industry were like looking at that like him you know what that's cool that you know i might want to go try that too it's like whoa that i mean yes or maybe he can get in have enough influence and actually change it you know the hippie in me is like Oh, maybe he convinces them to like, no, you can only do it this way. Yay. And then maybe they see people really like it. I would maybe think. Maybe we should change I would think, a little bit. I would think with a budget like that. Like, for instance, I remember seeing this Taco Bell one. Uh, I don't know if it was like a documentary or something, but they were with the executive chef. And they're in a legitimate kitchen, you know, recipe tasting. And in my head, I'm like, that's so strange how it goes from there to what you get, you know, at 2 a.m. Yeah. when you're, you know, mm-hmm. pissed drunk. Like, that's strange. And, and to your point about the Chipotle one. If Chipotle working on that, what else are they working on? We'll think about what Taco Bell, what Apple, all these yeah. places like they're bringing in probably hot top level dudes in for whatever reason, whether it's oh, ideas and methods. Sure. No idea, but I'm like thinking in my head, I'm like, okay, all these guys that are experts mm-hmm. in like the molecular gastronomy, yes. and like, oh, you know how to turn that into that? Yeah. Can you come show us yeah. how you did that? Exactly. What's the science behind that? 
Be- mm-hmm. Can you come show our scientists? Something. And then we end up with Doritos Locos Tacos. Come on, man. You know? Like uh, Burger King, or no, no, McDonald's redid their quarter pounder with cheese. Their, their oh, staple, they? they flagged it, and then now they do it fresh griddled. Like, mm. you know, they do it. And yeah. there is definitely a difference. I mean, I've eaten it, and I'm a, you know, I'm a scumbag. I love McDonald's. Like, I'm, I'm a big fan. And I'm like. How was it? It was good? It's very different. Oh. Very meaty. It's almost, it rivals, you know, like some of the places you would never think like a Shake Shack kind of thing. Like wow. there's a certain meatiness to it. And clearly if you're at McDonald's and you have this much money, I mean, if you look at their menu, they've slowly changed it. They slowly tinker with it all the time. All they, the time. they throw stuff out there. It's gone. I mean, they do it. They're, they're working on something. That's like a for real, how real restaurants are constantly. Let's constantly. try it this way. Constantly. Let's try it that way. Let's try it this yeah. way. Let's try it that way. Let's saying. try this new menu. Oh, yes. they didn't like that. Oh, yeah. they do like that. Let's uh, let's keep going a little bit farther. Mm-hmm. That way. That's why I don't. I, I I see them as you know uh, detrimental to the health of Americans, just like anything else. But also at the same time, I'm like they are also industry, and sometimes I think they're. It's not their fault they're doing it. I think at this point. I mean, yes, but also an idea like I think they're just really giving what people want, and that's more yeah. reflective on us. If people were like, to your point, if they were voting with their dollars and they're like, I ain't buying the shit, they would, it would clearly be gone change. Right away. Yeah. They would change right away. I remember these had mixed salads where they were in like these shaker cups. Yeah. And I was like, yo, those are, I used to love those. It was hella easy smart. to eat. But then they took them away. Yeah. So clearly well, nobody was no buying, buying them. them. Yeah. But yet everybody's like, oh, they and don't have salad choices. that's like, uh, you know, the people who they were marketing to are just like, well, I'm not going there for that. I'm going to make my own at home. Yeah. You know, I don't know, but. Uh, yeah, you have to vote with your dollar, dude. It, it is it's the only way. And I never get mad at any of these big companies for making money because mm. somebody's buying com- it. A company does not have a brain. It exists for one purpose, yep. and that is to make money. Yes, exactly. And you cannot get mad at a business for making money. Yeah. What are you talking about? Third party that you can't get mad at? Like that's what it is. It's just yeah. some third party. You know like the people get... working there don't know, and then you eating it, you yeah. get mad at. Who knows? You're just the only people I ever get mad at are the people that I have control over yeah. and that's with huge quotes and that's the people i vote for yeah who it they're there to create the system for us all to survive best in true we trust them with that power and they have to do their job true if and you don't be holding to the fire we, we have should. to vote with our dollar for businesses but you have to actually vote yeah on paper like for real vote for these people who are directly in charge of your everyday life but do people in the food industry those are they regulated through state and federal? I mean, semi, for sure, right? Like, uh, the health, well, just the health department. I mean, that, health that's department. A base, that's that's a baseline. It. But, I mean, the Taco Bell business well, itself I, isn't beholden, I'm, like, in cahoots with a government. Well, no, but there, you know, there's different guidelines that you have to follow once you start getting bigger and bigger, like uh, trade guidelines. You're, you're supposedly not able to be a monopoly, you know, mm-hmm. um, labeling, like, with the FDA and stuff. Mm-hmm. You can only label something, like... I think we've said this before, Taco Bell or Del Taco, one of those guys got in trouble a long time ago now, yeah. and they couldn't call their beef tacos beef yeah. for a couple of days. Yeah. Uh, you know, so they're held to standards, but you know, it, you have to vote for the right people who are going to uphold those standards and not just Man, make them easier. I would already assume if it is a government entity and big, you know, Taco Bell business or whatever together, they doing some uh, yeah, work. that's why stuff. you also have to vote with your dollar that's what I, at I, the I was same like, time i think it really comes when it comes down to food in my opinion it's it really comes down to as the consumer you are gonna the money is really the dollar because if you you pay for what you want mm-hmm. and you should be paying for something that and i, I can't speak for what people should be saying or buying for that i'm thinking in my head it's they exist because somehow we got to this point where people like that shit. And and there's nothing wrong. Like I said, I've, I've eaten it before, but I'm also not eating it every week, every yeah. day. And there are probably some people that do that. And it's okay. And I'm not saying it's unhealthy in that manner. You can make arguments across the board, but it's just, it's fascinating that it's more reflective of who we are than than them. Nope, you guys will like this. Nope, somehow yeah. it's just engineered to They to just this figured point. out what you like. Yeah. And, and they you like it enough yep. to overlook the consequences. Yes. And that's the restaurant business yeah. in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Facts. Uh, myths. Any myths? Myths. Uh, I myths. thought of them all week. I didn't really come up with any. You didn't write anything down? You didn't have any? No. No, I didn't come up with any myths. 
the only in the mushroom fact of the week for me is a semi sad one that dragon gourmet oh, no. is you know done what is it dragon gourmet mushrooms they're a local they oh, were a local they closed she re- uh, he retired oh boo uh but I, I, when i was walking around the market the other day it looks like there's someone either that kind of picked they up the knew or is picking up right where they left off okay. so i'm intrigued to go talk to them oh, shout uh, out dragon farms i remember when they first hopped on the scene i was still cooking back in the days yeah. and really nice guy and amazing mushrooms amazing mushrooms amazing mushrooms uh, oh it come did, in with a cool story too did everything the uh, way that you would hope that uh, a farmer would do it and uh, 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 always tried to support him as much as i could and uh, uh, i'll miss seeing him at the market all the time man yeah, it's good though. Retirement is good. Hey. Worked hard. Did the game. Mushrooms are now introduced. Mushrooms advanced are the mushroom game in Sacramento there you go. super far. Favorite mushroom getting from Dragon Farms? Probably the oysters. The oysters are nice. Oyster mushrooms. Yeah, some good ones. Yeah. yeah. Oysters, yeah. They're fun to. Uh, what do I do? I like to lightly pickle them, or I cook them a little bit. Mm. Kind of put them in a super vinegary marinade. Oh, very nice. Dry them overnight. Drop them. Off, dry them off. Uh, batter them, fry them, and it's like salt and vinegar mushrooms, chips. Oh, that could be an entree. That's a good thing. In my opinion, sure, yeah. Yes, yes. Or I've always thought about it would be cool to do like an oyster mushroom po' boy. Yes. Because why not? Yes, mushrooms are the new meat, in my opinion. Keep on pushing forward with the mushroom game. You know how it works. Tell the people what they need to hear, Pete. Uh, Vote with your dollar. Drink your water because it's still hot out there. Be patient. Whether it's with your neighbor or with the restaurant that you're trying to cater with. And uh, what's that one? Be kind and listen to listen. listen Not to, listen. to respond. Context. We need to bring context back into the yeah. world, folks. Context is everything. Thank you, Polo. Always appreciate it, brother. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, Food Junkie Radio number 32, I believe. Um, thank <laughs> you. Lost your- <laughs>